What up, my Honyaks? It's been a minute. And, uh, you know, you know it was an unexpected hiatus when I say, we'll see you next time, and, like, very clearly allude to Friday, and then here we are the next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So, my bad on that. Uh, didn't plan ahead accordingly. Long story short, had some stuff come up. And stuff happened, so my schedule drastically shifted, and uh, didn't wasn't able to crank out some episodes. There was maybe a couple opportunities, but not really, and I was exhausted. So I'm, I'm just now figuring this thing out. So I apologize, but thank you for your patience. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. That's that's what we'll say here. Felt I felt you guys were getting disengaged, so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go away. For, I'm not going to text her back instantly. I'm going to wait. You know, that classic middle school texting tactics. Try and get the girl. You know, how long do you wait? You At least five minutes before responding. All that good stuff. And now with, like, Snapchat and all this other stuff. Oh, my gosh. R- red receipts? I'm so glad I didn't have those uh, until, like, they just came around when I got into college. So I still... Got that, but man, I knew some, I, I knew some girls who were friends of mine, and I, and they would use those red receipts just as tools to just toy with guys in some ways. I mean, it just, it became a factor and it. it. was wild, but yeah, so that's where I've been. Where have you been, huh? How you been? Huh? It's April already. Like, we're coming into mid-April. What the freak, man? What the freak. So for those few of, you who, few of you who listen, you probably already know this, but I thought it'd be fun to put it out here on the podcast, just drop it in the middle. Uh, I'm, I'm a dad, my wife's a mom. She has a baby in her tum-tum. Baby is set to be born mid-October-ish. It's freaking crazy. So that's another thing that's been going on. Wild. So wild. And here's the weirdest thing for me is, and this is, this is, this is being nitpicky here, right? Given, given my staunch stances relating to abortion and stuff like that. But, you know, it's like, oh, you excited to be a mom, excited to be a dad, right? And talk about it in the future tense, even once people are pregnant, even though technically, once that baby's conceived, you are a mom and a dad, but that baby's just got to develop and incubate for nine months and then comes out and meet the world. So, charitably so, I look at that and say, no one means anything by it, so I don't get upset if you say that, and I even still say that, because what, I think really the, the sentiment behind why we talk like that is not because we're saying it's not a baby, it's more so saying you, like, your, your fatherhood, your motherhood, your parenting really hasn't started yet until you come out and meet it, you have to really you know, care for it physically outside of the womb. Yes, there's plenty that goes into it. Uh, the main burden is on the woman for that, for the pregnancy, the gestation period to get scientifical on it. So that that's where that's coming from. But like, I remember when this first happened, and I was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have a baby. Like, I'm gonna be a dad." And I was like, "Oh, that's weird. No, I technically am a dad." And like my, you know, my, I don't know what you want to call it, but. My logical self, making sure I'm logically consistent self, was like, 
No, now, technically, son, you are a dad already, and you shouldn't uh, talk that way so as to not put cracks in your arguments moving forward when you talk about the baby being a baby in the womb. And then I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm overthinking this. I'm overthinking this. But that was a funny thought. Yeah, so you're welcome. There's your little tidbit on that. Next. Ready for this? It's been a minute. March Madness ended. I can't even pull it up on the website anymore, the men's bracket challenge. But I'll just say this. Even the redemption brackets torched. Uh, Callie, though, she took first and second place. It was the color-based, like the team color-based one, and then her actual one. Uh, I ended up coming, tying with a couple people for third. Coin flip bracket was trash, I think. And then I, Alex, I believe he did he did his own coin flip, and I'm pretty sure that one was also trash. So I think my best bracket was my upset central that awkwardly had like Memphis winning it. But I think overall points wise, right, how they figure the points for picks you get right per round was the best. I mean, people we're talking the first and second place were like not even 500 points, which you can technically get like 1800 or something like that so yeah no one did good no one did good awkward awkward moment about that viewing view viewer ratings weren't amazing for this year's national championship so this is a weird balance talk right but this year more than ever and these both in football and in basketball and this due to covid stuff we've seen more parody and especially in basketball, and that's what this year illustrated, more parity, right? And with, with who you had getting, getting to the final four and then even, even taking the championship, right? Uh, now, UConn, technically, I would throw them in blue blood category, but, you know, SDSU, FAU, Miami, these teams. And that's a, that's a big deal. And so I'm excited about it because I like seeing more of the parity. But from a very casual, basic viewer standpoint, UConn versus SDSU does not pull the same as a Duke or a UNC, you know, or a KU, Texas, or if Alabama had been there. And so there's a, and so that's where I'm not, I will not complain about this parody. But I understand why it's good to have some blue bloods. I think there's a mixture, right? You want your blue bloods to be around because those are your those are your big ticket teams. They bring 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 eyeballs, right? But you want other smaller teams to have more of a chance. I don't want it to be Duke UNC every year because all in all, while it's exciting, it gets boring after a little bit. And seeing the same teams over and over again. So I loved it. I loved it. I would love to know what you think, where you think it stands. If this parody will stand, I think with the transfer portal and what K-State did, building an entire roster, rebuilding in one offseason, and then making the run that they made <clears throat> with a transfer portal team. I mean, it's possible. I'm going to say that's rare. But now you don't have to wait two to three years through recruiting. You can snag. You can have... You know, your your couple good recruits that you already have, snag a few transfer portal guys and kind of Frankenstein a team together. And I like it. And players have a little bit more control. They're not stuck there. Yeah, there's something weird to me about loyalty. That's not a that's not a theme anymore. No one sticks around for the long haul, four years deep. What I will what I will say though, that I hope maybe stifles the one and done stuff. Two things. NI I like how NIL 
has kept players around, both from football and basketball. Guys are like, well, I now am getting, you know, 100. Shoot. Even if, even if you're just making a casual 80 grand a year on NIL. That's, that's a very normal living, right? But some of these guys are getting a few million dollars, and it's like, that's what I'd make if I go to league. Well, why not stick around and play here a little bit? And it's incentivizing guys to stay in college. And what we saw, particularly in basketball this year, was veteran teams. You saw how experience at the college level in men's basketball can play a huge role in success. That when you have guys who stick around for three and four years and have played in big games and have, and, and have that wisdom of experience and can apply it on the court, that it, it totally flips things on its head. So I'm hopeful, and granted, we have like five and six-year guys now with the COVID year, so you have like 24-year-olds playing. And that's a marked difference from an 18 or a 19-year-old who's one and done and just hyper-talented. Now, some guys can kind of close that gap, but even so, think about it in the NBA. Your rookies versus your like fourth and fifth-year guys. Fourth and fifth-year guys, they find their stride. They're comfortable with the game. They're not relying on raw athleticism or talent. They've, they've kind of started to carve out their space and they really start to hit their stride at that point. And it's, that's what you're finally, that's what we saw this year in college. And I'm hopeful that we will see moving forward because that's what, that's what allows these kind of lesser teams, these non blue blood teams to compete at a high level is when they have guys who stick around. So there's still some question marks around the way the NIL is run and things like that. But all in all, I think we're seeing good changes in college sports as far as it goes. I'm hopeful that we'll see guys stick around longer because for me as a competitor, I can't even pretend to imagine that like I really, well, actually that's a lie. I'm going to pretend that I can, that I can imagine this, right? Because I think everyone goes in a lot of times, depending on your situation, but like say, you know, you're an Oklahoma guy and you go to OU to play football or or where or OSU and you're like I want to bring a Big 12 championship compete for a national championship like I want to I want to be a part of a movement that helps something special right and I want to bring it to my home you know university college all that stuff I want to I want to bring home significant sports wins and wow I did not say Okay, can you guys hear her? It's my echo in the other room. Apparently, I said something that sounded like her name and then asked her a question, and she gave me an answer. I have no idea what about. I'll have to look in the app. Anyways, that was funny. Back to what I was saying. And then you have these guys come in and they see that, but then there's also this thing with the moment and seizing the moment where it's like when you hit, and you say in your second year, First year was you're you're the redshirted and it was kind of rebuilding. Second year is like you're gonna play your redshirt freshman, and then you're gonna have we have more recruits coming in, and then like so by maybe by your third or fourth year, like you could be you're gonna be competing team is gonna be competing all things at well on a very very high level. But your second year comes around, you have an amazing year. Your draft stock is arguably as high as high as it's gonna be, and. You're like, well, I wanted to stay and try and bring, you know, national championship. The most notable example of this was when Trey Young went to OU. Now, I think there are other behind the scenes factors that we don't know, but he essentially, you know, he's from Norman and he was like, 
I want to bring a national championship. I'm, you know, he was talking like, I want to be a four-year guy or a three-year guy. And then he won and done it. Now, dude, dude has a skill, and he's proving that in the league. Like, dude is good. But at the same, and, and sometimes when you're that good, it's like, yes, make the jump, get in there now, don't risk. Because the thought is, you risk injury, you risk whatever. And it's like, you risk it, you're doing that anyways. You go in the league, get drafted, and Greg Oden yourself didn't make a difference if you would have stayed in college a year or not, really. Except you wouldn't have been known as one of the biggest draft busts of all time. Like, that's, that's it, really. So, but, but putting myself in that position, I don't know. But I'm a, I'm a team loyalty guy, like, and a team first guy. And so, I'm not saying these guys aren't. But for me in particular, it's really important. And I would really want to push and, and get all four or five years. Especially knowing, depending on how good I was, say I was, um, we're talking mid-level like professional, so role player in whatever sport, football, basketball, I go there, I'm going to want to get every single ounce I can out of my college experience and, and getting experience, because here's what, here's what I'm going to postulate. I'm going to say that these guys that have stuck around because the extra COVID years are 23, 24, and, and can make it into the league. Are going to have more of an immediate impact than the one and dones, than some of the some of the one and dones. There might be exceptions than the one and dones because they have more experience. Now it's a jump and it's a different style, and the guys get a lot bigger when, especially in basketball, when you go from college to the NBA. But that's just that's just my guess. At the very least, you have an impact on the college level. And seeing what I see now, say if I was going into college. And, and was like going to play a sport, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to stay all four years because that made a huge difference. But anyways, March Madness is done. We are now into April, Schmaprel, and rainy showers. So here we go. The Masters just happened, and I don't really follow golf. The Masters is a phenomenon, though, and it's like, it's cool. The, the, my favorite thing that I learned this year, just having it casually on while I was doing stuff around the house or whatever, and just watching some clips that I didn't know. Master, the Masters really goes all in on kicking it old school, and I'm for it. And I think we should try and institute this more places. And I think places would see success. No cell phones allowed. I don't know how they feel about like digital cameras, because essentially I'd be like, I just want to get some pictures. <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching. They still have like, I don't know if they're actual pay phones, but they have a rotary phone kind of area where you can go make calls. Like I have to write down so many numbers. And their leaderboard is all manually done by two dudes sitting behind there, you know, two or three dudes that sit behind there and they update the scorecards on, on the 18th. And they're really just leaning in and holding on to a certain tradition about the Masters. And people say, oh, the Masters is so special for so many reasons. Well, that's one part of the reason, right? They're not allowing the, the, the modern digital age of everyone standing around and all you see are phones phone cameras to everyone wants to get it on video that we don't even watch. This is like, I will get a picture or a three second clip and then I put my phone away, but I never understood the people who record every single second. Like they go back and watch it. And I think it's this natural instinct to be that I definitely very much have to be able to hold on to things, to hold on to moments, to hold on to memories and to be able to, to, to have that. It's, we all naturally kind of want to hold on to things and hoard things and big moments. And what I've started, what I try and do to balance that out is really just stop 
take a second and say, I want to remember this moment and just like soak it up. And there's, I have a few of those moments. I have one from a boat trip of ours, a lake trip, summers, you know, four or five summers ago. It's going to stick with me the rest of my life because it was, it was one of those rare, dare I say, perfect moments. It was an amazing day on the water. It's the final cruise. The weather's perfect. The sun's perfect. Everyone's in the boat. Everyone's feeling good. We got, the, we got good songs going, and we are just cruising along. The water's good. The water's nice and smooth. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, this, this, this is amazing. Like, this is bliss. And I love it. So, but then, consequently, I think I, my pendulum swings too far one way, and I don't take enough pictures sometimes. Or maybe get a video, and I'm like, crap, I should have got a picture of that. So trying to, I try to got to re- remember and balance it out. I think there's a balance, right? One thing that I thought would be fun to start doing is whether it's at someone's house or going out to dinner, but every now and again, when going out in French, just being like, hey, let's, let's, let's do this party unplugged. Because believe you me, I'm the first person to say, oh, I got to show you this picture of this thing. And I, and, I, and I try and minimize it and be like, here's my picture, right? And, but that's what I'm pulling my phone out and doing. However, even then, just almost for the challenge of it to be like, let's, let's, let's do an unplugged dinner. You leave your phones in the car or we all put them. What I like is we all put them in the middle of the table face down and the first person to reach for their phone pays. <laughs> I'll win that because I'm too cheap, but I'm actually worried that if I did that with like Connor and Shane and them, we'd all, we're all so cheap. We'd all just be like, that's fine. And, and, and and, and if nobody grabs their phone, you all pay for your own meal. It's normal. And uh, we got to watch out. I, I'd be worried that Connor would try and find some loophole technicality where it's like the meal's over and checks have been cut. And then like someone grabs their phone. He's like, oh, you got to pay for mine now and hands him your check or something. Or, or he's like, I, I'm out. Pay for cover my meal and just runs off. And it's like, okay. But because <laughs> uh, he, he's, 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 he's a... Not shifty, crafty like that. He's crafty like that. Crafty like that, Connor. That's one of my favorite things about you. You're so crafty. But yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that more. Find moments and try and be better about like, all right, let's sit down, let's eat dinner, like no TV, no, no, like let's just, let's just be in each other's presence. And I think, and I think you are seeing that more. It's just, I need to be better about it. I'm always listening to a podcast or got some video on and just being quiet in the moment. But yeah, I want to do that. So if you want to do an unplugged get together, dinner, whatever game night, let me know. We'll figure it out. Whether we go to a brewery or we go to a restaurant or we just go to someone's house and do a barbecue. And and like, it doesn't have to be the whole, whole time. But for me, at the very least, like you come over, you sit down. I mean, if we're going out to eat, yeah, the whole time, just leave, leave phones in the car. Worry about it later. And yeah, I know we got like our watches and whatnot. And okay, if you need to keep your phone in case someone calls. Because you, you got a babysitter. I can respect that. But we still got to have some ground. You can't be checking your phone. It has to be like, you tell babysitter, if you need anything, call. Because that's the only way I'm going to answer my phone. But yeah, with the Masters, it's fun. It's like, you got to be like, hey, I'm going to meet you over here at this time. And you got to remember stuff. You got to write stuff down. I think it's cool. I think we need to do more of that. So shout out to the Masters, even though I didn't finish watching it, didn't see how Tiger ended, which is all I really personally kind of care about. Maybe Phil Mickelson too. And I didn't, I didn't see who won. Yeah, me and golf, eh, very casual. It's something good to nap to. 
All right, question of the day. And I'm hoping someone has an answer for me. Actually, before I get to that, real quick, two things I got to promote. Walk MS, uh, April 15th, this Saturday. Join Connor's team. I'll put a link to his team. Support it. Donate a little bit. Uh, or come out if you want to. For those of you who don't know Connor, good friend of the show. I can arguably call him one of co-founder. Um, honestly, the right-hand Hanyak himself has MS, and this is his, to, to quote him, his thorn in his side, uh, thorn in his flesh, you know, similar to what he identifies with, you know, how Paul references that he had something, and there's some debate about physical ailments, right? But yeah, MS, it's a mystery disease in a lot of ways. Don't really know what causes it. The remedies are far and few, but it's really just a, hey, can we stop this from getting worse as far as treatments go? So it's one of those, man, it's kind of scary. It's scary when, when, when I realize the reality of that. So yeah, uh, Go check it out. Go join his Walk MS team. Come out if you want to come out. Join his team and come out if you can't. Maybe just donate a few bucks or something. Um, always trying to raise money for that to support that. So Walk MS, though, this Saturday, uh, it's over at Wheeler Park if, if you are interested in actually physically coming out. And then secondly, this Thursday, and I doubt there's tickets. I didn't realize there were two dates that were doing this, so here we are. But... This Thursday, they are, is the 20th anniversary extended edition theatrical release of The Lord of the Rings Return of the King. And it apparently has like half hour of interviews with the cast at some point before or after. So I'm going to that. It's dope. You should, tickets are probably sold out, but check your theaters around you if you're into that. Because I've seen, you know, that's all I watch is extended edition. But I haven't seen it in theaters. Oh, it's going to be lit. It's going to be four hours of glory. I'm going to be super groggy the next day but we're going to make it work. I don't care. Do not care. It's going to be great. So that's actually happening tomorrow. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Incredible. So all my Lord of the Rings fans get this thing going. And if you're thinking about like baby stuff for me or whatever, Lord of the Rings stuff, just Lord of the Rings. That's fine. It's all I need. Axes, Lord of the Rings, Viking stuff. You know how it is. My little hobbit. All right. Question to close the episode. Why? Oh, why do card readers keep switching it up? You know what I'm talking about? So, obviously, nobody swipes anymore. It's, it's the backup option when it doesn't work, because apparently it's not secure. And so it's all chipped now. Now you insert, right? Start out real simple. A little slot on the bottom, chip card goes up in there. Just the natural way. Then you got some of the weird clover square ones, you know, that have the little fancy swiveling iPad thing. And sometimes it's on the side. Sometimes it's on the top. And I'm like, why are we, why are we moving this? I get you're trying to find the best orientation. I think you're just trying to confuse consumers and separate yourself from the competitors. That's what I feel like. Sometimes companies have to do, we have to be different. And it's like actually being more uniform would be better. But the most recent iteration of the card reader musical chairs is the on the face the front of it you insert so instead of being like on one of the edges it's now perpendicular to the machine so instead of being kind of parallel and going in the side top to bottom it goes in the front top face and it goes upside down and it's kind of at a downward angle and all i can think 
The first time I encountered this, I was like, what is going on? I had to look at the little picture for the first time in forever. Instead of just looking for the slot, I was like, what the, what, what? And think about it, I was like, what? This is weird. You can't convince me this is because of security. This is because of, like, practicality. Nothing, because nothing about it is practical. It's harder to find the slot. You got to flip your card upside down. It's unnatural. It ain't the way God intended. And it's just totally different from all the other ways that we've had. I get, and maybe there's some functionality purpose. Like the card readers, you know, sometimes jam break because people slam them in there. They don't push them in far enough. Maybe this is the simplest one. But why can't it be right side up and do it at the very least? Why we got to be, why we got to upside down and dip it down, you know, whatever it is. But I was in, the first time I saw this, I was like, this is weird. And I was at some random place too. It's like, this is a weird new machine. It's not going to catch on. Then I was at Crest by my house. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. These, why? Why do, can we just find one and use it for a little bit? Like when it first came around, it was all on the bottom. Cool. But now it's like every place. I'm, that's the question I ask. Is they're like, oh, your total's 1076. Cool. Where, where do I put my card? Oh, right here. Oh, nope. Wrong way. Got to flip it around. What the freak? And maybe I should just get over this and do what my wife does and do tap to pay on my phone. Honestly, that might, that might be the best policy. I don't know. That might be the move to just say, mm, forget this touchless baby and do that. I don't know. But have you experienced this new card reader? You know what I'm talking about? It's not like the vote, the Verifone or whatever. i I don't pay attention to the brands, right? It's a new looking one, new funky brand, and I don't trust it. Because why would you do that? You just want to make my life hard. You just want to see. Here's my conspiracy theory. They built in little cameras to those, and they and they to get they they designed this whole thing. It's one big prank to get a bunch of funny footage of of consumers getting frustrated at the machine because it's because they can't work it right because it's different. And so they're gonna have a collage of little clips and photos of funny faces and frustration. And somewhere down the line, it'll come out and it'll be released and it'll be like a re- reality TV series or something like that. And or, or some Netflix docu-series, right? About the great card reader prank or something like that. And of course, it'll be illegal because they're recording people without their consent and all this stuff. But I don't know how it works when you're in a public place like that and there's video cameras, but it's not through the company who owns the store, store itself. I don't know. That's my conspiracy theory. Do you have a conspiracy theory on why they would make us flip it down upside down and backwards and kind of at an angle, basically? Like why why we can't just standardize this and keep it the same? Because swiping, I mean, swiping is pretty straightforward. Sometimes be on the top, sometimes be on the side, but that's not a huge deal to me. If it's like, oh, on the bottom or on the side. And now we start talking bottom side top and uh, but this one is totally different. It's on the face and goes upside down and kind of at a downward angle. Like, who was like, you know, it'd be cool. You know, you know how this was probably the question. How can we distinguish our card readers from every other card reader out there? What's going to separate us? Why would they choose us? Well, I can tell you this is, one. this is why I wouldn't choose you, but you definitely found separation. It's kind of like how our generation is so obsessed with being unique. And, you know, so that's why so many people are non binary and all this other stuff. And you got furries and just weird, you know, cat self, fairy, fae self. All this weird, kooky stuff. It's because my generation, I'm guilty of this too. We want to be unique. We want to stand out because we told we were special. And I think we heard 
special and we thought the wrong kind is special because <laughs> honestly some of the stuff my generation has come up with i'm like you you got the wrong special anyways we have this deep obsession because we feel that if we're just a regular person for the most part are that we're not unique enough in our personality and on our own and that if we aren't overtly distinguished in some way that we'll get lost in the crowd. We'll be meaningless. We won't make a difference in the world. What I'm learning is you want to make a difference in the world. Get real plugged in in a community. Build that community up. Build a family. Because I look at, I was thinking about this the other day, my grandpa, right? He was, he was like the youngest of nine. He, and he was one of the only few who didn't succumb to alcoholism or addiction. But then he had five kids. And those five kids had all had multiple kids. And now all those grandkids are and have been having great grandkids. Now he's dead now, but by the end of his life, I mean, the family that had started with him and my grandma, it's well, well into the, I think we're into the hundreds almost like you want to talk about building something that lasts. That's something right there that lasts. That's how you make a difference. And he was very plugged in. Everyone knew him in the community. Everyone, you know, they were doing Bible studies. They were very active in their church and their community and helping people out. That's how they made a difference. The unique thing about my grandpa was that he cared and was very involved. Sad that it's unique necessarily. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have some amazing quirk about him. He was just an awesome guy. And now I look at my dad in that instance, right? He has four kids, and then we're going to have kids, and then we're going to have grandkids. And it's like, oh, now we're all our own little units. And like, that's how the world works. So, yeah. So that's, that's probably how we got that card reader, was some idiot wanting to be too, new, too unique. Because now my generation is old enough that we're like involved in decision making in companies and stuff. And it's annoying because I can see that. I see it playing out now. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I'm thinking millennials. Okay. But that's what we're going to do for today's show. I want to thank you guys for listening. I don't know what my release schedule is going to look like going forward. It might shift a little bit. I'll figure it out. Keep you updated. Remember, if you want to come on and be second chair or want to do an interview, let me know. Make sure to also follow Blessings from Tragedy. We're coming up on here next month we're gonna start having new episodes of that if i can get my butt into gear and get all the interviews done in time and stay ahead of that we'll see but thank you so much for being a part of the hanya accord welcome back back in the grind of it all hope you guys have had a great week so far if not there's still time to turn around maybe this helped you i want to hear all about your card reader experiences do you know about this new found this new dumb card reader the worst card reader being too unique trying to be too different just there's some, sometimes it's good to not be totally unique in certain things. Like just, just go with it, please. So yeah, there's that. But I want to thank you all for listening. Make sure to share the show, rate the show, follow us on Facebook and Instagram, all that good stuff. But that'll do it for this episode. We will see you next time. This is your head Hanyak signing off.